Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Welcome to the next episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, I'm joined today by award-winning entrepreneur. After working for many years in a corporate environment, in 2014, she launched a float spa in Hove. After discovering benefits of floating through a personal trauma, which made her see how important it was for people to look after themselves and made her want to dedicate herself to helping them. Since launching a float spa, it has grown exponentially and she has also launched a business floater training academy hosting workshops and courses. She continues to help 100,000 people to create positive, healthy habits one tiny step at a time. I'm delighted to be welcomed by Camille Pearson. Camille, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Really excited to have you on. I think we're going to delve straight in, if yeah, we can. That was some introduction, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, it's great to have you on. Look, as, as we're just going to delve straight in, just want to talk to, tell our listeners a little bit about your business journey, where it all started. Okay, so um, if we go back to pre-2014, so in 2000, you know, I kind of left university, almost that university, the next block along, yeah. uh, in 2006, and I'd always worked throughout university, managed to stumble across an amazing job in marketing, the digital world, I was there doing websites and, you know, very much in the corporate marketing, super high powered, super stressed environment. And that for me was normal life, you know, deadlines, there's always so much pressure on you. And that was life and it always happened like that. I never took time out for myself, never had did anything for myself other than probably run marathons or just do more things that was just more pressure on myself. Um, and I had a little girl in 2013 and I was probably, you know, one of those people that went back to work a little bit too quickly because I, I was that, you don't train to go to university and be a woman and then give everything up to have children. And so I went back to work. And in 2014, my daughter got really, really sick. She was um, rushed or blue lighted to intensive care. We were told to prepare for the worst. It was a pretty dark time. She's totally fine now. This is not her journey. This is my journey. And it's always important to differentiate between that because she got better. And yes, we made changes to our life. Um, you know, my husband set up a business because he was like, well, I'll take some time with her to set up a business and you can go back to work. I earn a lot of money, so it made sense. We could pretty much do it. And I didn't expect <laughs> what happened to happen. Um, and I started to fail at work and down spiral in my mental health. And I was not really aware of this kind of down spiraling before. I'd had previous depressive episodes following some issues from childhood and etc. But... I'd never experienced anything quite like this. Fundamentally, it's like you have episodes and it's how you look after yourself. And yeah, yeah. I suppose I hadn't really ever looked after myself. So this episode was quite possibly the worst one. And I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety and depression um, from the doctor. And conventional route for PTSD diagnosis or, or therapy, or treatment is um, you wait because obviously I had loads of time to wait when I had a very young child and I still had to go to work. Yeah. Um, go on antidepressants, which wasn't really a route that I wanted to go to, or to go and have therapy. So I was on an emergency referral to have therapy. Right. Um, and my dad came to visit and he kind of secretly said to my husband, like, what's wrong with her? And he was like, oh, this is a good day. You know, she's doing well to function today. And he's like, well, this isn't my daughter. There's something just gone. 
Um, and then we chatted afterwards, not that day, but afterwards, and he suggested flotation therapy. Now, my initial response, which quite a lot of people say, is I don't have five minutes to myself, never mind an hour. Yeah. Um, and also, I wasn't really very open to holistic therapies because, you know, the most out there thing I'd ever done was have a massage on holiday. I mean, it wasn't part of my routine. Yeah. And so to go and have a float for me was so far removed from anything I was ever experienced. But, you know, I listened to my dad. And so I thought, you know what, I'll go and give it a try. First float, hated it. <laughs> It was, it was so bad uh, because doing nothing is really difficult and then when you're alone with your thoughts it's even more difficult and when you're not very well and your mental health isn't very well being alone with your own thoughts is even harder but actually the problem that I found was the fact that I wasn't briefed I wasn't talked to I wasn't given a consultation of what to expect yeah. so the sense that I first went to was just it wasn't great it was right. and there was problems with cleanliness and they didn't do a consultation and all these <laughs> things so I think that made the experience worse yeah. and when I came out and I said to my dad it was a disaster and he said just go somewhere else because maybe it was a place not the experience so I went somewhere else it was a different kind of cabin and um, I lay there and I was like oh, I felt for about you know two or three minutes my body just like drop and just relax and it was the first time I felt calm. And then that night I slept really well and I hadn't slept in months. Wow. So wow. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go back. So I went back a couple of days later and I was like, the third float, I was like, oh my God, this is like really quite something. Yeah. And in that third float, I kind of very quickly realized that the job was causing me so much stress. And if I needed to live my life, I needed to start reducing the external stress because yeah. I can't heal myself if I'm constantly under so much pressure. Yeah. So I kind of might have rang my dad and said, shall we open a float centre? <laughs> because there isn't a float centre in Brighton and I'm trekking to all these different places and my experience in marketing. And I was very lucky. I'd marketed hotels, I'd launched bars, I'd launched gyms. Yeah. And I knew I could do it. I just didn't know I was going to do it. Right. So, um, so it yeah. was never... Uh, so listening to obviously you talk about that, so it was never a case of like from like a young age or anything, or when you at university, was it ever a thought process of going, I'm gonna open my own business one day? That was never a, a, even on the agenda. Never. I, I went to school and it was like, what career choices do you wanna make? Yeah. Like, what job are you going to do? It's why I do a lot of work with schools now, because it's really interesting. It's like, it's okay to go and be your own boss. You don't have to work for someone else. And I was very much in that age group where it's like, go and get a job and stick in the job forever. And I love that. I love because I, I I find this really fascinating. It's something um because I'm similar. Like, I think I go back to when I was at school and think to myself there there wasn't like entrepreneurship wasn't even I couldn't even spell it let alone know what it was back then. And I think you you just had an impression of people that had their own business were rich or whatever, and that was just a different mindset. You couldn't even think about that. And like you said that like my career teacher was very much like yeah what you're going to do if you don't go to university what what's the next step? You just go and get a job and and the narrative that. I think it's amazing that you go back into school because I'm really passionate about I think just it, I've, I've mentored in schools recently and I've done that in the past where just trying to encourage people to go say okay I'd love it if my kids come to me and rather than say oh they don't want to go to university if they do great of course I'll encourage that and if you've got a career in mind great I'll, I'll do that but if you haven't but you come to me with an idea like, oh, maybe I open this great I'd be over the moon about that and I think encouraging entrepreneurship and showing that there's a different path 
for kids is so important. That's great that you, you do that. That's brilliant. Well, my husband and I both run our own businesses, mm. so my kids have no real experience. Like, my son wasn't even born before the floats bar. Yeah. Um, my daughter was only 18 months, 20 months when we opened the floats bar. So they don't know anything other than mummy and daddy have their own business. So it is so true. It's like I've done loads of mentoring in um, schools, and it is so rewarding to see them coming up with business ideas and those mindsets. It's like, you can do anything. Yeah. I love, I love, and I'd love, I'd love, because I'd actually think, uh, we won't go too much into the whole education system, but it, it's it's slightly broken in the sense that you look at it and go, well, you're tested. And some people don't respond well to exams and that type of pressure, you know, and I think you're just tested on that one day that you've got, and that decides whether you can go there or there. I just don't, I don't necessarily buy into that. I wasn't great at exams at school, and I think, you know, I, I don't, what, what are your thoughts on it? You, you, yeah, no, I, I was quite lucky because my degree was all coursework based. <laughs> because again, I'm not that I don't I I got really stressed under pressure, um, and I mean I did very well in my A levels and my GCSEs, but I could have done better. The, and I did better in the ones that were more coursework based. So where you can plan and you can research and you can write briefs and all that stuff. And I think people learn that way because yeah. I'm a practical person. I don't have a business degree. <laughs> I have a degree in product design. I can design some chairs for you. Um, but yes, it's very much like if you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or a vet or something, definitely go to university. But if you're a bit also, we were in the generation where university wasn't as expensive as it yeah, is now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So unless you really want to do the, the career at the end of it, yeah. you know, I think maybe you could life learn better and then decide later on. I'm studying now again. Um, and again, it's just because that's what I want to do. And I've got a year's what, worth what of... Are you, what are you studying now? I'm studying natural medicine. So oh, yeah. it's kind of a bit left field. I've never done, I didn't even do biology as uh, in my GCSEs past the age of 13. Wow. So learning that again is quite amazing. And yeah. you know, in my late 30s, I, you know, anyone can do it. You yeah. don't have to just go down one route. You can constantly learn. I, I think that's brilliant. I, I, and I, I'm such an advocate of that. I really do. And I think even, like, I, I'll totally agree to my, my wife's a solicitor, but she'd all, we've known each other since we were 11. She'd always wanted to be a solicitor. So that was her path. She knew that to get there, she had to go to university and get a degree. Great, I think. And if my kids come to me with that, brilliant. Of course, I'll encourage that and I want it. But to go to, like you said, how expensive it is to go to university just to get a degree and not know what your path's going to be. I just don't know what to do go out, travel the world or explore different opportunities, get work experience or something like that would be better life lessons potentially than going to university. So that's ah, interesting, very interesting. I want to talk uh, about last year, so March 2020, um, difficult time for a lot of businesses, especially within obviously your, your, your sort of industry. Um, so talk, tell, talk me through what went through your mind at the beginning of March. Like you built this business up since 2014, going really well. It, it was really funny because we spent the entirety of 2000, the late of 2018 stroke 2019 gearing up to 2020. <laughs> so our plans, our business plans were in place and I'd taken myself out of the business. So I'd stopped working on reception. I was managing the team. I had a team of nine people. We were, you know, doing amazing. January was a really good month for us and we were really um, going we were really doing exceptionally well. And so um, when we started to um, see what happened and start to see it uncover, on, unfold, I did start to panic a little bit. Um, I had COVID in March 2020. So I basically spent 
just way before um, way before the lockdown, um, I started to see what was happening across the world because I spent a week at home, yeah. quite ill, and it was very quickly at that point I needed to do something, as in we needed a plan. If we didn't have a plan, we weren't going to survive it. Um, so at that point, because obviously I'm a skilled videographer uh, and I've designed online <laughs> yoga courses before oh yeah let's just do it so I rallied up all the yoga teachers and tried to switch as much of our business online before we were going to be locked down and it was evident from what they were doing across the world that a lockdown was inevitable so we wanted to have a plan I like to plan things I am quite neurotic and we were doing the countdown um, those daily countdowns till I knew that the lockdown was coming into place and yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I got some really nasty emails from people, which was quite shocking. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think people were projecting their issues on us. It happens a lot in our industry. Mm. And I was hurt a little bit by some of the emails, but you know, that's what people's opinion is. And we did what we could do. And then we closed. And we had a plan that we could survive for three months. What, what, what sort of things were they saying to you then? Like, in, what, in what sense? Uh, so before the lockdown, um, and we were communicating every day. This yeah. is the update today. We've done this process. We've done this. We've changed this. We've changed this. We've changed this. And then people were like, "You're killing people if you stay open. You need to close down." And I was like, "Well, we're not killing people, and you know, we've not been told to close." And because there was so much complexity with our insurance, yeah. so we had business interruption insurance. Right. But if we closed down beforehand, we potentially wouldn't get a payout. Right. We were one of those people that didn't get a payout, even through all the financial right. ombudsmen. So you spend thousands for insurance and you don't get any money from your insurance. Right. That's another story. Yeah. And we've drawn a line under that. And so we closed. And then we did very quickly. We had all the members for yoga. We have, you know, 200 and odd members for yoga that were paying monthly. And yes, a lot of people said, could you pause my membership? Fine. Those people that didn't carried on with the online and they were very happy with that. Our float members, they're so loyal to us. And, you know, quite a lot of them, when we reopen, we're like, oh, it's great. I uh, can float, like do all the four or five months with the floats in a week. Yeah. <laughs> and um, loads of them then went to upgrade their membership because they're like, oh, I love floating every other week now. So I'm going to continue it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yoga members were more tricky. So um, the existing database that we had, so the, distant, uh, the existing client base, um, they kind of just whittled down. A lot of people didn't really engage, didn't really enjoy online. I think yeah. in the initial surge, everyone was seeing... Embraced it. Embraced it. And then as you moved into summer, when it was a bit warmer, then people did it outside. And that was it. But we had lots of people that kept saying that we were the only person that they were seeing every day. So oh, nice. it was great to keep connected. Yeah. But it is, you know, it happened. Well, was it ever an option? Like, did you? It, was there ever nights or days that you sort of there was an option of thought this is just this is going to cripple our business? I'm going to. Was it ever an option to think I'm going to close oh, yeah. down? May 2020, I was closing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In May 2020, I was closing it. Um, we didn't get any grants. Um, because we don't pay business rates, it's all included in our rent, and we are like a co-working space building, so the landlord pays everything and we get all that. Uh, so we were now not getting any grants. Yes, the team were on furlough, which was amazing because it meant that we could keep the team. Yeah. And because we were gearing on for 2020 to be such a big year, we actually had money in the bank. So for a business like ours, it wasn't quite so detrimental to start with because we had a really good foundation. Yeah. But as it started to 
go on. (laughs) I think May time was a pretty challenging time. And um, I applied to Costa Capital, who I think are a lifesaver. I applied to Costa Capital for a a side, a pivot business grant. And then end of May, they gave it to me. Wow. And it was like four and a half grand, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was... But a lifeline. It was a lifeline. And it meant as we were able to then pivot the business really quickly and we wanted to create an online shop which we couldn't update our website because it costs a fortune yeah. you can't then just bolt on a web shop because it also costs a fortune and then learning postage and packaging yeah. packaging is so expensive yeah. <laughs> so all those kind of things meant that we that money gave us a little bit of a buffer and we were very quickly able to pivot and then i was like Do you know what i'm not giving up We'll grin and bear it. And um, I went in and started painting. So I painted 3,000 square feet of white paint. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, well, the, the, the thing is, uh, I'm interested to find that like, it's just your mindset at that stage. Because like, like, every business owner, we go through ups and downs, don't we? And like, there's probably no more challenging than the last 18 months. It's been tough for, for everyone. But to, to get to that stage where you are thinking, Shit, no, I'm going to potentially have to close the business down, but to go, right, no, I am going to, you know, that, that resilience, look, we're, we're moving on to obviously talking about what had happened over the last 18 months, and, you you know, from doing what you've done, you then won awards, the Business Resilience Award, for, 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 um, from us, the Pivot Award, from uh, Sussex Business Awards, you know, uh, what an amazing achievement. So I'm really keen to see how your mindset goes from, in May, thinking, to close the business down to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not giving up, this is where we're going to do it, we're going to change this, do this, and move on. So. I think uh, in a way the government did a, the right thing by penalising all the limited company directors, they are the passion businesses, and most limited company directors, the business owners, that weren't given any support meant that there was not really a choice. Yeah. And um, when you sit down and just I mean, I suffer with mental health problems. I had a, this uh, anxiety, PTSD, and um, depression diagnosis. And when you have that, you, you know, you can manage your triggers or maintain your health. Yeah. So effectively, with the float spa closing, not only was it closing a security blanket for a lot of people, it was also closing mine. So I was very cautious what I was doing to make sure that it wasn't going to destroy my own mental health at the same time. Yeah. So that was also playing on my mind a lot (laughs) lots of sleepless nights and lots of tears but actually the coaster capital was it i remember i was in my pajamas in the middle of the day which is it was about as far bad as it could get and um i just read an email and i actually thought the email was a joke um because it said you've been awarded this grant and i fell off the sofa (laughs) and went what is going on here? And I was just like, oh my God, they've sent me a DocuSign and what is it? I've got to check it's not spam. Yeah. <laughs> so I checked everything and I was like, oh my God, they've allowed me this. And it was that point. I was like, do you know what? If they believe in me, I believe in me. So yeah. I just went, right, let's have a plan. And I just sat down and said to because I had to write the plan on the application. And so it was basically a, off the back of the, Five packet, as I used to say, it was basically like, well, this is everything I could do if I got the money. So now it was like, oh, they believe in me, they've seen it, I'll just go and do it. Yeah. And so that was the turning point. So I then started to focus on getting the website up and running, and then suddenly having that focus to kind of get up and do stuff. I was uploading loads of videos every day to the yoga and doing loads of stuff and constantly engaging with our client base. And I was on the phone to them every day, so I didn't stop working. Yeah, yeah. I probably worked more just at home with the kids and everything sure. running around. 
Um, but this suddenly gave me a hope. A boost, yeah, yeah. And also, it was around the time that we're saying, oh, on the 20, 22nd of June is going to be the time. I was like, oh, well, we're in the May. We've only got a few more weeks. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, I'd started painting. We got this um, acupuncture project up and running for NHS. Um, and we started, this was like the catalyst of all these things that actually this was positive and we're just clawing on to every single positive, yeah. getting out, going in and painting, taking the kids in. They were helping me paint. I mean, it was Brilliant. pretty much like let's do it yeah. let's open looking fresher and new and give it everything a lease of life so when people walk in they go right we're going for it it's a it's a great thing I, I, speaking to like obviously on the podcast speaking to entrepreneurs and that and that type of mindset about and it is it's almost like you said that 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 resilience which you, you know you've got that wall for which really so well deserving it was brilliant because I, I obviously i follow you on social media see so and i think what's really great with you is your your quite open and honest on, on social as well is it so you there was a few posts where you said like how bad things were like I remember seeing the thing can't get one no no funding from the government I'm not getting any support and it was really frustrating I was in a similar boat myself as well um, as, a, as an owner director and then it was quite I remember I still remember the post when you said about the grant I've just been all this crowd like almost I'm sure me and long of other people were like oh, it's great I was really pleased with you and, and but then you've still got a as a entrepreneur you've still got to then take action and make that plan happen haven't you because it's great to have that but you you've still got to have that mindset to go right this is the next step now let's go on let's let, let's kick on this uh. who knew i would make bath bombs for a living i mean <laughs> <laughs> my kids love them yeah. <laughs> all the ones that the wonky ones as we call them it's like because you always have like off ones that don't make it to the um uh, shop front yeah. and um so they are like oh and my my son's got really hypersensitive skin so you kind of developed all these products so they're suitable for him Brilliant. and um it is quite entertaining that i never thought so yes open a float center my original idea was this two little float tanks and me on reception working five days a week yeah. okay so now we then have in total because of all the we actually did a load of renovation in march this year during this lockdown just um during this lockdown and so we now have eight rooms in total Brilliant. and our academy so we're massive yeah. and i still you know it does bring a shiver to my spine when there's like so many days now that every there's a person in every room <laughs> and you can't help but go oh my god we made that happen um but it is i mean seeing the big shift as well is we always struggled with our not struggled in our marketing i think we went down the wrong path initially and lots of people saw us like a pamper treat. Yeah. And the best thing about COVID is, I mean, because obviously we take positives from everything. Yeah, and the best thing is people now, we have an entire different entry model into coming in to see us. Yeah. And the amount of people that are seeing life changing results. And I mean, like we have, I can't tell you the amount of clients recently. Like, a person said to me the other day, and I said, oh God, you look so well. I said, I can't believe how well you look. And she went, it's all down to you. Uh, and this person had sepsis she nearly died she was in a coma for five months she was all this stuff and she said yep you completely got my head sorted and no one ever envisaged that to happen and we're getting referrals from doctors and nurses and and things like that which is unbelievable that is that's incredible i guess one of the main things that a lot something I, I actually struggle with a lot i think is is taking time out Looking, like, looking after you. So I, I run most mornings. I love running. That's my little bit of time. But I, generally, I don't sleep great. Like, you know, and you constantly. I, I enjoy. It. I love spinning plates. I love. That's what I do. But I do find. It. And it was interesting what you talked about earlier about the the, the float spa 
sort of treatment floating just being able to lie, lie, lie. I don't, my wife loves a massage she's been to your floats but I loves it I, I find it very difficult to lie there and just switch off think like, oh. like when I'm running I can I can do that I find it very so it's really interesting that you sort of say that and that, that you do that and and say that to obviously your clients and and how much that can benefit because if anything we've learned certainly for me looking at myself over the last 18 months is that we've got to take time for ourselves got to look after yourself and got to do them things and it's, it's so important and like you said you're obviously making such an impact in people's lives by obviously when, yeah. can i give you an example of your nervous system because yes. i am a runner okay and i love running yeah and i love high impact exercise yeah but it's also good to balance with something calming. Okay. And if I give you an example of yeah. why, so if you imagine a lion in the wild, yeah. and what happens when a lion sees its prey? So their eyes contract, their muscles contract, and they switch off the, the systems that they don't need, which is like the digestive system, for example. Yeah. And so they then run, get their prey, eat it, so that's your exercise and that yeah. that's, um, system is called the sympathetic nervous system. So when your muscles are contracting, your body is on high alert and what that's what stress does. Right. And then the lion eats its prey and then just lays down <laughs> and then switches on its parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest system. Right. And they rest and they relax and they chill and they eat their food properly and they just lie there grazing in the sun. Now, we can't do that <laughs> necessarily. No, that would be a nice thing to do. I love my food as well, so doing that and just doing <laughs> that nice. But the point is, is that the two systems don't work together at the same time. Right. And a lot of humans put themselves into the sympathetic state a lot. Yeah. And if you imagine what that's doing to your internal body, if it's constantly in that tense, straight mode, yeah. is that if viruses or illnesses or something happens is because your body is so used to being on high alert you don't have the support internally to defend things off so it wow. is really yeah. important to switch on the parasympathetic breathing exercises daily meditations yeah. that are about a couple minutes long just something to calm your nervous system down yeah. because for the long term you kind of need it Need to come and have a float. <laughs> There's lots of things you can do at home, yeah. but yes, floating's great. Taking yeah. a bath is really good. Just breathing exercises. Yeah, yoga at home, like is that something? Because I, 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 again, yoga was something I never. I was like, like I used to watch my wife doing it. It's a bit of stretching, isn't it? And they, I, I realised obviously there's a lot more to it. And we went. I took her for a full. We went to a, a yoga retreat in Italy. Incredible at this farmhouse, and I was like seven o'clock in the morning going up and I said oh, I'll get involved and I'll, I actually went I booked it because I thought there's cheese and wine there which is great but actually went and got up every morning and done the yoga and it was incredible like for the first time actually because I was actually just trying to concentrate on the stretch or where I was I actually did switch off for the first time for as long as I can remember and it's uh, so I've started I do a little bit more yoga Yes. which is a good thing. Every day? Yoga is the development of self-practice? Yeah, I should do it every day. Not every day, certainly. But I Lay a yoga mat somewhere in your house and you're like, oh, I can see the mat. I've got to do got some to do stretching. It. I've got to do it. Look, I, went, I wanted to, because we obviously talked about, we've gone into, you know, how, how tough it was last year and, and how you found back and the resilience, which is amazing. Um, and obviously we mentioned the awards <laughs> and stuff. So over the last sort of 18 months, what's been, or over, over the, 
time you've opened the floats bar, what's been your great success or your proudest moment of day of this? Do you know what? I think, ironically, weirdly, the past 18 months has been the most overwhelmingly positive experience. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we've re-looked at the way that the business is. We've remodelled, like, uh, we have this entire consultation model so people can book time with me before they even think about it and because lots of people quite can ask you be quite nervous or they've got quite complex disorders and whilst the team are amazing because I've got six and a half years experience plus loads of other training under my belt you know they get my knowledge um, and then we take people on a path and yeah I mean maybe people are just more maybe I'm there more I'm always there but you know maybe I'm there more so people tell you their their stories more um, and yes it's been it is amazing. Um, yeah, because you've got people that, you know, were stressed or they're less stressed or couldn't get pregnant and got bringing in their babies. Or, you know, we're going through a divorce and in a really dark place and then are remarried. Or, um, you know, one of my clients, his, the reason, I mean, he's 79. Wow. And the reason he came three years ago is because his wife used to come to yoga with us and he just wanted to see what it was about. Wow. And, um, yeah, I was chatting to his wife three days before she died and it was I went to her funeral it was really like hard and then he just there were so many people back in the days when you have loads of people at the funeral um we went to the funeral and out of everyone there he just threw his arms around me and he didn't know who I was he just had this connection and then ever since he comes in and he comes in on you know two or three days a week and I see him park running I've encouraged him to go back park running and (laughs) my daughter and I so my daughter's eight and we park run on Saturdays and uh, we run past him he's like I got better this week I shaved off a minute he's he's 79 and running park run that's incredible and just all those things or another client he's had this massive problem with his hip and he hadn't come for ages because of things and um, he'd been flo- he's floated every week for the past 12 weeks. And he's like, oh, I went for a run the other day. My hip's fixed. You fixed it. And the only thing different he's done is float. Wow. And wow. he's had loads of treatment. And he's like, I can't give up. Or the lady that was in a coma, she said she's done so much talking therapies. And she said, oh, I just sit there just rehashing and then go home and have flashbacks and nightmares. And you've told me exactly what it is, is I need to provide a space so my body, my, heal- my brain can heal itself. She climbed Snowden the other week. So, I mean, the stories, there's so many stories and people now tell you because they've been through such dark places. You've had a couple of people that said they were suicidal and you're like, okay, let's, let's just be here. We're just a place that we're here. So it must be so, like, we talk about success, but I mean, that, like, you know, ask what's, what success looks like to you and et cetera, but but how rewarding then that must be hearing them type of stories just must you've created that space from what you've done you've created a space where people can come and feel like they're getting better or feel like they're on a different path and you're helping on that journey i think someone pointed out to me um on monday she said no one has ever asked me so many questions about me ever she said i've been to doctors i've seen all these different people and she said no one's ever asked these questions and then listened to the answer and she said, they're very, quite a lot of people are just like, oh, well, we've got 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever. And, you know, it's almost like, oh, well, here's a prescription. And she felt that she was on this anxiety medication and she'd been on it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then it causes side effects with stomach problems and all this stuff. And then she just gets a pill for a stomach. And she said, I need to know what's, I just need to work through the anxiety. And it is a pretty, uh, the story is very complex. Mm-hmm. And she said, 
you just listened to me talk about anxiety. And she said, no one does that. And I have won lots of awards, can I just say? I used to. It was really funny. When I opened the floats, I was like, success meant, you know, I wasn't ever in it for the money. I think you'd be in the wrong, you wouldn't go into this industry if you were in it for the money. <laughs> it was just about success meant whatever the parameters or to be recognised and or to be seen that you're achieving. And I think I was wrong then. And it's always good to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since I stopped that mindset, we have won three awards, not two, three. <laughs> and a bar bar was one that I really yeah. wanted. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when Martin told me, I was like, oh my God. Um, so yes, and the, the county one, the Sussex yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, was yeah. amazing. The fact it was voted for by real people yeah. rather than a judging panel and people don't get us. And, yeah. But yeah. Amazing. Uh, it's, and, and, and it's strange you say about that with the, with the mindset shift of, like, like you said, I guess entrepreneurs, I think if you, if you are driven by money, I think when I first got on my business journey, I think I was. I think I, was, I had this, you know, we talked 12 years ago, I'm going to own a Lamborghini and a big mansion. I've been like, that was my, you know, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to go on this path. And you, you learn very quickly that that's not the thing. And it's more about, more about purpose. I've learned so much about myself, especially over the last couple of years. Turning 40 was a big, shift for me I struggled a little bit at that time thinking oh, I've not achieved anything I'm not successful what does that look like to me and, blah, and you sort of question some things about yourself um, and it is just changing that mind shift of trying to do something for purpose what am I actually doing this for and what is what's the reason for me doing what I do and, and, and you find about a little bit more out about your inner self as opposed to where you trying to go over it. So yeah, it's interesting you say about that, that sort of mind shift change. But, um, but I would say that the Floats Bar is definitely purpose-driven now. Purpose-driven yeah. from, I mean, it was before, because my mission statement was always to create a community of people that wanted to live life well. Yeah. And now, that I think I underestimated that. And actually, it's helping people take the next stage of the journey. Yeah. Because 95%, it is quite staggering, um, people that come to us because there's something wrong with them. And very rarely do people go, no, I'm just super perfect and I'm just chilled and I just want to maintain myself or prevent anything happening in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the problem with our society. I think we're very much like it all happened to the person next door yeah. and we don't necessarily believe in those preventative methods. Yeah, yeah. It's changing that narrative, isn't it? I guess that's the, that's the key is trying to change that narrative what we think because society does it does put a lot of privilege you know we should be here by there we should be there by there we should own this or that and this material but we just mind blowing really where if you change the narrative and it is just about and I think again back to the last 18 months hopefully that we've learned a little bit from that that we can come out of it and go life isn't about why are we on this hamster we're always trying to strive to, to get somewhere or and I, like I mentioned on a couple of the podcasts recently about um, me personally, I would say to people so much over the last few years, oh, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Saying, yeah, yeah, good, good, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Oh, where am I trying to get to? Like, what, What's this destination I've got in my mind? Like, there's no, it shouldn't be about that. It's about the journey and trying to enjoy that and appreciate every day and, and enjoy those moments throughout. Because otherwise you're striving to get somewhere that's never going to be. Because you get that to whatever that point might be in your head. And then you go, oh, I'm going to go and do that now. And like, it's just that that narrative's got to change. I think I've certainly placed Interestingly, that. just on that point, um, the influx of younger people coming in Brilliant. is unbelievable. Brilliant. So we've had for years an under 18s float price, yeah. and I we are seeing probably 10 under 18s a week. 
Brilliant. Wow. And the, our average age was always higher. So especially for yoga, our average age is probably, you know, mid to late 40s. Um, but we're seeing, certainly for floating, it, a lot younger. So, you know, early 20s, lots of people in their early 20s that are, that are believing that they want to live their life better. They're not out getting drunk like we were when we were yeah. 20. Um, <laughs> they're yeah. putting their health first. So I believe there is a shift and um, I'm amazed and so happy to see that this younger generation are going to show us not only how to look after the environment, how to not screw up yeah. <laughs> what we've done and how to look after themselves. That's amazing. I love that. And I, 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 you know what? Listening to that is, is so encouraging. And I'm hoping, like you so I hope that there is, a, there is that shift in it. That's, that's, that's brilliant. That's really exciting to hear. We've got, right, so actually on that point, so we're talking about uh, you're obviously and clearly an advocate for health and well-being and looking after physical and mental health, um, which obviously the Floats Bar helps a lot of people. But so what I'm keen to see, like, for you running a business like you do, obviously a mother as well and, and a wife, how, how do you, what do you do other than floating, I guess, to help make sure you're looking after your mental health? How do you get a work-life balance? Well, I have to. If I don't have a work-life balance, I'm un. I'm unpleasant. <laughs> uh, so let's not deny this. You know, I am not perfect. I'm far from perfect. And I do have episodes. Usually if I've worked more than four months in a row without taking a break, like a week off or a cup weekend off or something like that. Um, so I am aware of my... Um, kind of yeah. kind of vices or my negatives yeah. so I am yeah, aware yeah, sure. of things so yes I float regularly I have a daily yoga practice I basically converted my uh, spare room and I have a yoga mat permanently on the floor yeah. so I will if I don't do a formal class I will do a short stretching sequence every yeah. morning to know just yoga for me and for a lot of people is about you yourself and your mat so when yeah. you're on that mat nothing else matters right. even if the kids say I need a wee or I need, I can't find my socks. It's like, not when mummy's on the mat. <laughs> so I do that a lot. I'm a massive runner. I run a lot. But as I said earlier, that that's not the perfect excuse. That's more of an escape from the children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's like, I'll just run away for, you Must know. Must be why Kelly started running recently. Yeah, anyway, yeah, just, yeah, just run away long, dis <laughs> long distances. Um, I am a meditation teacher, which is, um, so it's, I have a very regular meditation practice. I have these little, I call them micro resets. I've studied with a behavioral scientist called BJ Fogg and he uses a method called tiny habits. So it's like attaching um, something that you already do. So it's an activity you already do. So yeah. you might put the phone down to a client, for example. After I put the phone down to a client, I'm gonna put on a new behavior and the new behavior is I'll take three deep breaths or I'll close my eyes and just have these little resets during mm -hmm. the day. So what happens to the nervous system as the stresses go through the day, they always creep up and by the end of the day, people get exhausted because they're just so, the nervous system hasn't had a rest. Yeah. And by doing these micro resets, every time you exert your sympathetic state, you can just reset ever so slightly. So you, by the end of the day, you're not so ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. So sure. it's really important to do that. Um, I have regular massages, obviously. I uh, have a facial once a month, honestly. My, my to-do list, and do you know the biggest thing is, in my diary, my diary is like ridiculous, and people look at my diary and go, oh my God, that's overwhelming. And I said, but have a look at what's happening at one o'clock. And they went, oh, you've put in me time. And I'm like, yeah, for 15 minutes, there's just scheduled time for me, whatever I wanna do. And I might like, go for a okay. walk around the block, 
I might do it, but the, it's scheduled in the day. You actually put that in. Oh, yeah. You actually book that out, so that's your time. And is that non-negotiable? Non-negotiable. Unless no there's a problem, yeah, 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 yeah. then it's, but it's like, it's got to be a very big problem. The fire alarm's going off and yeah. we can't have an issue. You can't just waltz out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, a fire. Deal with that, please. <laughs> exactly. I think it's so important. And as, when I got better at actually putting it in and acknowledging it yeah. um, and doing it, Everyone just goes, right, she's gone for 15 minutes. It's not like she's never coming back. Yeah. And it's only 15 minutes. But it's really important to schedule in time for you. So I put myself yeah. very high up in... I'm not... I say self-care isn't selfish. Um, but it's not. Because you actually have to look after yourself yeah. to be the best possible version of yourself. I love that. My favourite analogy, which I use a lot, is when you're on a plane and they do the safety demo, they do say, put on your own oxygen mask before yeah. helping others. So if you don't do that in life, you can't be a better parent, you can't be a really good business person, you can't do these functions because you're not looking after yourself first. I love that. That's amazing. It's one of the reasons I started, because I love, I love doing the podcast, and one of the reasons I started, it's, just, it's, it's like therapy almost for me, listening to people like, like yourself with experience and, 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 and learning myself from it, because like you said, we're all on this journey, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always open to learning, I want to learn more, but, and, and something I'm, I do struggle with is self-care, I don't, I just, I feel, feel like I'm a pure self only I can keep going keep going, can keep going, it's no problem, it's just how I've always been, but you do get to, the older I get, the more I realise that that's a little bit more That difficult. crash will be imminent, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying, I'm no. just saying, <laughs> there <laughs> might be a crash at some point, and if you could like recognise that now, yeah, yeah. and then to then the crash doesn't unfold, yeah. but I, my crash was horrific, so I don't uh, want that to happen again. Cool. Well, listen, look, we're, we're, we're sort of coming towards the end. I want the sort of final question before we do the quick fire ones. I just, um, what does the future hold for Camille and the Float Spa? So as I mentioned, um, very soon I'll be fully qualified as a health coach. So I chose the past couple of years. I've been re not retraining because I didn't have any training in this industry beforehand, but training. So I trained as a meditation teacher. I trained in cognitive behavioral therapy because that's the therapy that I had ages ago. Um, and I trained in behavioral science and understanding human behavior. And my final thing is natural medicine to become a health coach. Because if this happens again, <laughs> God forbid, <laughs> I have a plan where I can generate some money. So it's not about money, but it's protecting myself as well as the business. So we always know I will keep um, the floats bar going, hands down. But it also gives me a bit of security and have a bit of security blanket. So obviously if people want to help achieve health goals or fitness goals or look after their health in a more holistic way I can help them amazing. that's not just taking pills amazing I love it right listen we're going to wrap up a couple of quick fire questions so um, first one what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or someone wanting to start their own business it's okay to fail because it really is and if you're constantly striving for perfection then you'll get distracted by perfection do try something, just try it. And if you fail, that's okay because you'll at least have learned from that experience. Love that. And do, do you, are you like that with your kids? Do you, because I think we're, we talked a little bit before and, and I have with other people about helicopter parenting, people like not wanting our kids to fail and stuff like that. Like just, it's crazy to think like just, because otherwise we create almost a generation of snowflakes. <laughs> you just want it to be that, look, it, I think it's such an important message to say it's okay to fail. 
it's okay to just be the best possible version of you yourself and actually what your self version is today could be really different for tomorrow because you know tomorrow it could be that I just getting out of bed is an achievement in itself let's celebrate just getting out of bed you know for some people that is an achievement but instead of comparing it to others oh well I've done this and this and this and this and it's like just be the best possible version of yourself and if you want to get up at nine o'clock then get up at nine o'clock and if you said you were going to get up at six and you get up at eight that's okay because tomorrow you might get up at 7.55 <laughs> it's just yeah. small fails and it's like just if you take small steps and you fail they're insignificant but you've got to at least try because otherwise you'll be living in a world of what if Right, okay, final one. Can you give me three um, traits that you think a person needs to be a good business person or entrepreneur? Passion. You need to be passionate about something. You need to really believe in it. So it goes back to what we talked about earlier about not being in it for the money, because I think if you're in it for the money, then you're not passionate about it, and I think that authenticity comes through. Passion, you've got to have integrity. People got to trust you. They've got to believe in you. And because if you, you know, say one thing and do another, then, yeah. and then that leads on to trust. Got to be trustworthy, yeah. be passionate, have integrity and trust. Those three things I think are key, key. to being business. Amazing. Camille, you've been absolutely brilliant as I knew you would. So thank you so much for coming on and, and, and again, for just for being so open and honest as well and talking about, about the stuff you have. So such an inspiring episode so thanks so much we really appreciate it and when you wish you continued success with the float spa thank you very much i feel very honored to be here so thank you very much brilliant